Hello, and welcome to the Grumpy Old Man Podcast. I don't profess to know everything, nor do I think my ideas are the only right ideas. I'm sure there's plenty I don't know and haven't yet thought about. I'm here to learn too, so please share your thoughts and observations. This podcast is all about me sharing my thoughts, opinions, and observations, pointing out things that are hidden in plain sight, things that once considered probably seem totally obvious. I'm not a doctor or a psychologist. I'm just a grumpy old man. Well, I'm not really that old, but most people probably do consider me to be quite grumpy. There are a lot of things with the direction our world is headed that I find reasons to complain about. This is one of them. I'm Harvard Schmarvard, and this is Season 1, Episode 4, Obesity. If you've noticed, I'm trying to keep my episodes to about 10 to 15 minutes. This is deliberate. I'm not trying to explain every little detail. You are expected to use your own experiences and knowledge to make your own conclusions. I'm just trying to spark that curiosity. This episode could explode into a gigantic lecture or huge textbook. But then you'd miss the whole point, which is fairly straightforward. As it is, it'll be longer than I'd like. But don't expect everything to be fully explained. If you want more, just do your own investigation. Hopefully, I point out a few things you may have not yet considered. Trust me, my perspective on obesity is probably not what you think. The title of this episode is Obesity, but I will be discussing a number of topics that I believe are all contributing to the problem. Most people blame obesity on the individual. While I do believe the individual has the ultimate responsibility for their own circumstances, everything in our modern world is conspiring against you and your success has never been more difficult. Supermarkets, processed food manufacturers, TV, cell phones, video games, They're all greedy and out to squeeze every penny they can from your wallet, and they do not care if you are obese or if you get diabetes. So it is up to you to take matters into your own hands. It will be hard. Don't expect any help, even from your own government. Let's start with some facts. I'm not making this stuff up. Hop on the internet and pop over to usafacts.org to see what they have to say. Nearly 70% of adults in the United States are either overweight or obese. 43% of Americans are obese, while 10% are morbidly obese. They don't really mention children, but we've all heard the same news. Kids are getting fatter at an alarming rate. And here are the telling stats. United States obesity rates have tripled over the last 60 years since 1960. Severe obesity, in other words, morbid obesity, has risen tenfold in that same time frame. Now, instead of actually doing something about this issue, we just hear how doctors, scientists, universities are studying the epidemic. Well, I'm calling bullshit. A 10-year-old should be able to look at these metrics and immediately come up with a half dozen things we could do right now instead of waiting for the results from some bogus study. 
yes, I do feel any results would be bogus. This is because the studies are almost always funded by some special interest group. And by special interest, I mean greedy corporations. If you aren't aware why obesity is such a concern, just do a little research. Cancer, diabetes, and heart disease risks are all increased in individuals that are obese. What are these people studying? DNA and genetic disposition? Which races or ethnicities are more obese than others? Which states have a higher percentage of obese people? If Americans are significantly different than other countries, and if so, what are the differences in diets or behavior? None of that is really relevant. These are all just smoke screens to misdirect you from looking at and seeing the simple truths. We overeat and we don't get enough exercise. It is that simple. The fact that rates have increased over the past 60 years tells you all you need to know. What has changed in the past 60 years? Has your DNA changed? No. Have the northern states gotten warmer or the southern states gotten colder? Some folks might think there's something to talk about here, but certainly not enough to explain the drastic jump in obesity. So let's focus on some of the things that have changed. Let's start by looking at exercise and activity. People used to live in a house with a yard and a garden. They cut their own grass, shoveled their own snow, grew vegetables and flowers, maybe even fruit trees. Today, they live in condos, townhouses, or developments. They hire someone to cut their grass or remove snow. No more yard, no more garden, no vegetables or flowers or chickens. Sure, many people still do have these things, but the percentage has clearly shifted. People used to fish, hunt, hike. They'd get out and enjoy nature and the outdoors. Some still do, but as a percentage, much less than in the past. Exercise used to just come naturally. You didn't think about it. It wasn't a conscious decision. It was just life. America was a manufacturing powerhouse. People had jobs that required effort. They burned calories. They needed to eat to fuel their day. Today, we eat even more calories, but have to deliberately carve out time for boring activities to burn them. Today, we are a service economy. We sit behind a desk. We sit in our cars and drive through traffic and stress to get to that desk where we sit all day. In the 60s and 70s, kids rode bicycles. It was how they got over to their friends to play games and run around. Bicycles were a popular Christmas present. You rarely saw an adult on a bicycle. Today, that is upside down. Adults need to ride bicycles to burn calories and you see them on dangerous roads everywhere. No more getting exercise just from living life. Now you must go to a gym and mindlessly watch CNN while you run on a treadmill. That doesn't sound very fun. I'll just stay here on the couch. Our government is a huge problem here too. They are supposed to be providing for the population. Take state parks. Most states do not properly fund parks and the results are very obvious. 
I've been to Virginia, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Washington, many others. They charge a fee just to enter. I just want to hike for a few hours and I have to pay to do it? I'll just stay here on the couch. But seriously, I've been there. The parking lots are mostly empty. The roads are full of potholes. The trails are overgrown with sticker bushes. What are they doing with the fees they charge? Oh, right. They are paying the salaries for those people collecting the fees. In contrast, Pennsylvania and Tennessee seem to have figured this out. I'm sure there are others too. They do not charge a fee. Their parks are full. People are incentivized to use them and enjoy them. They are properly funded and have well-maintained roads and trails and play areas for kids. Sadly to say, my home state of New Jersey fails on all of this. We really only have a few parks worth going to. Luckily, I live near Pennsylvania and don't mind driving. In New Jersey, county and municipal parks are noticeably much nicer. So, to summarize exercise, it used to be fun for kids and unnoticed by adults. Now, it is boring, requires dedicated effort, and probably costs you money. Let's switch to the eating part. First, I need to attack supermarkets. 90% of the things they sell are junk that you really should not buy and certainly don't need to put in your body. But they know how to use psychology and even brain chemistry to make it extremely hard to pass up. Food scientists know that sugar, fat, and salt all stimulate your brain. Believe it or not, fat is probably the least harmful, but that's a topic for another day or another person. A lot of processed foods have excessive amounts of sugar and salt, way more than is necessary for taste. Often, it is in there because it messes with your brain and causes you to crave more. So, you eat more, i.e. too much. And more importantly to them, you buy more. Does a can of soda really need 10 or 12 teaspoons of sugar? Think about this. I like coffee. I use a 16 ounce mug and I put in two teaspoons of sugar because I like my coffee sweet. My wife only uses half a teaspoon. A can of soda is only 12 ounces. Have a little fun, do that math. It is not just soda. Look at the labels. There is sugar added to so many processed foods. Some even leave you scratching your head and asking why is there even any sugar in that? And don't for a second believe that they are honest and want you to be properly informed. Some are, but many use deceitful tricks. Ingredients must be listed in descending order from most to least. So, sugar as one of the first ingredients looks really, really bad. But if they break it up and list sugar, corn syrup, glucose, sucrose, fructose, honey, or maple syrup, all individually, then no one ingredient needs to be listed as high. They are all sugars. And those sugars are what we eat too much of. They affect you in two ways. They provide more calories than you actually need. But even worse, they confuse your brain into thinking you are not full when in fact you've already eaten enough. That 
brain chemistry manipulation then causes you to eat even more. Don't forget starch and how it works. Your cells do not burn starch for fuel. Your body first has to convert starches to, you guessed it, sugar. So avoid excess amounts of flour and other starches too. A rule of thumb that I follow is to look at the amount of carbohydrates in foods that I eat. I try to keep the total grams of carbohydrates that I consume in a given day below 50. You'd think this would be easy, and it should be. But thanks again to your government, it is not. Dietary fiber and some sugar substitutes are carbohydrates, but your body cannot metabolize them, so they don't count but they are included in the total carbohydrates on the labels. Either you have to subtract them or some foods list net carbs. That is what you care about, the net carbs. Back to supermarkets. What do you see as soon as you walk in the door? I bet that it is the junk. The soda, chips, cookies, crackers. You don't need any of that, walk on by. You need produce fruits and vegetables. You need meat and dairy, unless you are vegetarian or vegan, and I don't know what I'm talking about there, so you'll need to find another source. Maybe bread, nuts, seeds. There are only a handful of processed foods that you might want, something like peanut butter. But read that label. Some just contain peanuts, others have sugar. I'm still in that supermarket and I've picked out my produce, If the meat and dairy were right there, I wouldn't be tempted by the chips. I could get what I need and go. But are they? No, they are on the complete opposite side of the store, forcing me to pass all the aisles of junk. I can skip the aisles, but they have that crap on the end caps too. Internet search end cap if you are not sure what I'm talking about. Do you think it's an accident that the staple food items are on opposite ends of the store? Psychology says you are being manipulated. I know this is not practical for many people, but I avoid supermarkets entirely. Even the term supermarket is offensive to me. I have a produce market near me and I buy my meats at a true butcher. Ideally, we only need a meat market, a produce market, and a bakery. When I was a kid in the 60s and 70s, we had soda and chips twice a year at special occasions, New Year's Eve and the 4th of July. When did that change and we started to think we needed chips all the time? Probably when TV commercials started telling us so. Kids don't have the willpower to avoid these things. It might be best to leave your kids home when you go shopping. Put on your big boy pants, skip the chips, cookies, and fruit roll-ups. Make iced tea or lemonade instead of sodas and fruit juices. If your kid's school has vending machines with junk in them, raise hell. If you like cookies, you don't have to deprive yourself. Just don't buy that awful package of chemicals. Bake your own. It's easier than you think. And you control what is used. When you find a recipe, cut the sugar in half. Even recipes have way more sugar than is needed for some silly reason. Spaghetti sauce is another example where the pre-processed jar stuff is full of sugar and chemicals. 
It's super easy to make your own from plain old canned tomatoes and spices. I know a lot of people work all week and don't have time. That's the modern rat race. Make a bunch on a Saturday, freeze it, and use it all month. You might just surprise yourself. We live in the age of TV, cell phones, video games. All of these keep our butts glued to the couch and eating chips and ice cream. Try weaning yourself off of them, but keep listening to this podcast. It is no accident that they are all addictive. The longer you watch TV or play with your phone, the more ads for junk they can jam in front of you. You can try to install an app to count your calories eaten and burned if you like, but I don't find them very useful. You need to enter everything you eat or drink, and we all fib. Most of them only have the pre-processed junk in their databases. I didn't eat fatty Hormel chili, I ate homemade chili. Are they the same? I don't think so. Don't get me wrong, I'd be obese too if I didn't believe what I'm saying. I've lost about 40 pounds. I believe the advice I've gotten from Dr. Stan Eckberg on YouTube. I'm also addicted to my cell phone. But my favorite apps are Seek and Merlin. Go outside for a hike in the woods and make it a learning experience with Seek and Merlin. It's more fun than you think. So, in conclusion, if you are overweight, it is not all your fault. There are powerful forces out there doing everything they can to keep you that way. Because it is in their interest, not yours. They are unscrupulously taking advantage of your basic human nature. But know that you have the power to defeat them. It won't be easy. Your government will not help you. But you can do it if you want. See you next time when I rant on about the next thing that's stuck in my craw.